Well, hello there, Orchard women. Um, welcome to the Orchard podcast. Um, Rach and I are here again in the studio, and it's our final episode of our second series. Um, and it's been so wonderful, hasn't it? It's yeah. been a really, we were just saying earlier that um, even as we look back, we've learned so much about all these women um, in the Gospels and Jesus and how he relates to them. And I have absolutely loved it. In fact, I'm probably going to have a little listen back as well. So go and listen back if you want to, if you missed any. Um, the other but- thing I've discovered is how bad my posture is. <laughs> Did you? Uh, there was a clip on Instagram. If you don't follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at, at the Orchard Women. Terrible posture. So I'm just I'm practicing. Yeah, it's you, because, maybe because these are quite these lo- maybe stools. our microphones are quite low. There you go. Right, just, just you know, yeah. stretch about my shoulders. Anyway. But here we are, um, and before we um, crack on, we are getting very excited about the Orchard Gathering oh, yes. uh, that's happening on the 12th of November. Um, we're very excited to see all those that are going to be there. Um, but also, if you didn't manage to get a ticket, because I have, I don't know about you, Rach, but I've had numerous people <laughs> ask me, can you squeeze me in? Can you get a ticket? Can I? How can I find one? Um, so if you're one of those that sadly didn't, you know, wasn't able to get a ticket, um, then you can book on now for Orchard. 2023 yes. um, for an early, early, super, super early, super, super, <laughs> super, duper, super, early. Duper, super early, <laughs> early bird rate, <laughs> early bird rate. Um, so go ahead and do that. Um, so you don't miss out again. Yeah. In yeah. fact, it's only a year away, 2023, because in 2023, it's going to be in early October. Oh, yes. Rather than November. So it's just even less time yeah, to wait. Exactly. All those organized people. I know. Um, But here we are um, today, and we are going to be jumping into John, uh, John's Gospel in um, Chapter 8, and we're going to be spending a bit of time talking about um, the story of the woman caught in adultery. Um, And so we're going to give a bit of context around um, this passage, and then we're going to jump in and ask the three things that we have every time. Um, But before we sort of crack on, I'm going to read it. You do that. With my my reading voice. (coughs) (coughs) Okay, going from chapter 8, verse 53, um, or just chapter 8. Okay, then each of them went home while Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and making her stand before all of them, they said to him, teacher, This woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They said this to test him so that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And once again, he bent down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go your way Go from now and do not sin again. And here endeth the lesson. Mm. So again, context is really important. 
so we just want to paint a picture of what's going on sort of uh, mm. in this scene. And if we look back to chapter 7, just before this scene takes place, uh, Jesus is teaching as part of the Festival of Tabern Tabernacles. And the Festival of Tabernacles is like a key Jewish festival, uh, happens every year. And uh, again, a key, key moment in the Jewish calendar where every Jewish person would be involved. And uh, Jesus, we read in John chapter 7, he, he begins to teach at the temple, um, at, the, at the Festival of Tabernacles. And he says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And as he delivers those words, he's referring to some scripture in the Old Testament. Essentially, what he's saying is, I am the Messiah. I am the source of life. Mm. I'm the living water. I'm the living water. If you want living water, come to me. Mm. And so this is hugely provocative for the Pharisees. Any of the Pharisees, and there were plenty of them around at that moment, who heard Jesus say that will have known that that. He was essentially to them, it was heresy. Jesus is setting himself up as the Messiah. Uh, and so the Pharisees are really, really cross about this, as you can imagine. And word gets back to Jesus, which is probably of no surprise to Jesus. And Jesus says very strongly about the Pharisees, they know nothing about the Jewish law. They're cursed. And this is a bit of a red rag to the bull to, to the Pharisees. And, and again, we, we have to assume that Jesus, he always knows what he's doing. And he's kind of, he, he's basically goading the Pharisees. Mm, mm. He's, he's, he's so shocked by their hypocrisy and their religiosity that he's saying, you know, they don't know anything about the Jewish law. They're cursed. These are strong words. Mm. And so the Pharisees are incensed and they, they plot this plan. We can only assume that night for the events that take place the next morning, which is John 8 and this woman. Mm. And so what happens is, uh, you know, as, as we read in John 8, this, this woman uh, is, is dragged into the temple courts very early in the morning. And we can assume that perhaps she was found the night before uh, and that maybe they've imprisoned her overnight. And she's now being dragged into the public square, into this, this public zone. Um, and, and of course, word gets around very quickly. So there will be a crowd there. I mean, this is horrendous for mm, her. Mm. Uh, and, and essentially, it's a trap. The Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus mm. on various different points of the law. Uh, and, and the thing is, if they did care about the law, which is what this whole trap is about, then they would know that in Levit Leviticus 20.10, it says that if a man and the woman are caught in the act of adultery, both of them should be stoned. Mm. And yet only the woman mm. isn't there. Mm. So it's interesting that even though this is about the law, they are violating the law because only the woman is there and kind of exposes mm. their misogyny, really, mm -hmm. their, their deep-rooted sexism. Yeah. Uh, and so for this woman, actually, the crime is not the adultery. The crime is the very fact that she's a woman. And so the, this is a trap. And it's a trap because in Jewish law... As we read in Leviticus, if a man or a woman is caught in the act of adultery, then they should be stoned. But the Jews at that time are under Roman law. And Roman law says that, that Jewish people can't kill other Jewish people. Mm. And so it's a trap because Jesus is caught in this dilemma. They drag this woman to Jesus and they say to Jesus, what should we do? Should we stone her? Because in in you know, in Torah law, it says she should be stoned, mm. but in Roman law, mm. 
we're not allowed to do it. Mm. And so they're trying to mm. catch Jesus out, mm-hmm. essentially. And of course, what Jesus does is utterly breathtaking because he he's not interested in trying to get one up on them over this political argument that he finds himself in. Yeah. Actually, he's deeply compassionate towards the woman, but there's a, there's a bigger picture mm. at play. This isn't about rescuing the woman from certain death. This is about making a much, much bigger statement about the kingdom of God yeah. and, and what the, the heart of the gospel is all about. Uh, and so Jesus says to them, well, if anyone here is without sin, you cast the first stone. And of course, these Jewish guys, these Pharisees, they would have known the law mm. inside out. And mm. they know that mm. they are not without sin. Yeah. They know that. And so Jesus, and we don't, interestingly, we don't know yeah, what he's writing I in know. the sand. I'd lo- wouldn't you just love to know? <laughs> I know. Like you said I earlier. Do, I yeah, do love the idea. I mean, I, I love the idea of him just sort of listing all their sin, you know, yeah. and they're like, oh, crud, he knows he knows my heart, you yeah. know, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to run away before I'm, you know, that's my absolutely Amy theory. <laughs> I like it. No, I think there's, I think there's some. I'm just opening up my phone because mm. there's this brilliant quote mm. from. But even Kenneth just Bailey. whilst you find the quote, but even backing up, like I do, like you said about Jesus using this this story or this moment or even this situation with this woman to make such a massive um, statement about the kingdom. Mm. You know, um, we've seen that throughout these different women that we've talked about that he, he just, um, yeah, he, he's, it really is using the weak to shame the wise in, in so many of these events that actually yeah, depict the kingdom yeah. and actually what it looks like and how upside down it is. So um, it's another one of those. It is definitely another one of those. And um, and so, you know, Jesus delivers that famous line, if anyone's without sin, you, you throw the first stone. And they realize that the, the finger that they're pointing at the woman now points mm. back at them. Mm. Uh, and actually in this scenario, only someone that is sinless has any right to judge yeah. this woman. yeah. Uh, and so, I just, you know, I've often wondered about that moment, how haunting it must have been, like after Jesus drop, you know, delivers that drop the mic line mm. and there's silence mm. and they're all sort of contemplating mm. what he said and what their next move is. And then just the sound of those stones like dropping from their hands. Yeah, that must have been mm. like a pin drop moment, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Absolutely amazing yeah and so then you know they drop their stones they leave and Jesus is left there with the woman standing there Mm. and again infamous now words he says to her does anyone condemn you and she says no no one and he says well neither do I condemn you and I I love this that Kenneth Bailey uh brilliant he's written an amazing book called Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes, highly recommend it. And there's this whole section on women um, in, in Middle Eastern culture, which really gives us an insight. Anyway, Kenneth Bailey writes this, the Pharisees planned to humiliate Jesus but were themselves put to shame before a crowd. A few minutes earlier, the terrified woman had expected brutal violence and a painful death. Suddenly, the Pharisees are angry at Jesus rather than at her. At great cost, he has shifted their hostility from her to himself. And he doesn't even know her name. She knows that Jesus' opponents will be back with a bigger stick and that Jesus is in the process of getting hurt because of what he is doing for her. 
She is the recipient of a costly demonstration of unexpected love that saves her life. I mean, that's the other point, isn't it? Is that in doing what he's done, he turns the humiliation away from the woman onto the Pharisees, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. But that will have major repercussions because as we were chatting last time, that the, the Pharisees, they're so easily offended yeah. that... They, they, Jesus knows yeah, that it's going to come back to it's bite him. Gonna, it's going to yeah. come back to bite, and it yeah. does. We know yeah, the Pharisees mm. are responsible for. Yeah, but he's taking it on himself. Yeah, gives us that level of dignity. Exactly, he to, absorbs the humiliation. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. I just on a side comment. Um, it is amazing when you think of. I just think, gosh, Jesus is so clever. I know. I was thinking that. Um, like and a you great do, lawyer. I know, and you sort of. You talk, you know, even when you talk with people who are thinking about faith and, you know, not sure if, you know, the existence of, you know, uh, of Jesus being who he says he is and all that stuff, you do sort of feel like we, we know through history books that Jesus existed. Yeah. How, how can you, how can yeah. you say that he is what deluded ex- or yeah. Yeah. To, to be that clever, to, to, to love that compassionately yeah who people can't make that story up no um i don't know it's just another like amazing isn't it yeah the side note sorry apologetics (laughs) no 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 it's good so what does this tell us then uh, about the woman let's jump into that first question yeah well i mean firstly what we learn obviously is um the pharisees don't care about her at all and you alluded to this didn't you that um you know she's she's uh, she's part of their political game you know mm. their test um and they, they, they like zero it they have like they've dehumanized her haven't they there is no there's no concern for her welfare how she might be feeling in this obviously they want her dead they don't really care if she dies um so you know i mean pharisees don't care about her um i think what is obviously um you know, I think there's a level of um, shame. She's naked. Um, that again, sort of goes without saying, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Even that, when you stop and think about the fact that she's most likely naked. Yeah. And this was in a society where nakedness was like was so shameful. Public nakedness was so shameful. I mean, it's mm. it would be embarrassing now. I know. It would be humiliating now. But th- I, know. I mean. That is like, I couldn't actually imagine a worse humiliation. I know, I know. I mean, she must have been so beyond terrified of what might happen. And, you know, naked in front of all these men that are holding stones. Yeah. Um, Oh, anyway, when you sort of spend a bit of time thinking about that, um, it just breaks you, doesn't it? Um, The terror that she would be feeling. And then the utter yeah uh, you know Mm. the the utter amazement of what jesus does yeah in that moment yeah um, that she wouldn't be able to foresee um yeah i mean what else about the woman have you can you pick out well i think i think the other thing is you know again mentioned at the beginning that the guy's not there like it takes two to tango you know if if she was genuinely caught in an act of adultery like you know that, and the parameters for adultery were different. You know, in 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 that, at that time, uh, in in that place, adultery wasn't necessarily having an affair with somebody that you weren't married to. It was basically sex outside of marriage. Yeah. So they could have been a couple who were having sex before they were married. You know, um, but 
I don't know, there's some, uh, these ferrets, they clearly have no regard for humanity. So it makes me think, well, we don't know this. This is, you know, this is sort of um, us guessing. Yeah. But I, I think there's a, there's a lot that points towards the fact that mm. she may not, it, it may not even have been that she was caught. Yeah, like a get, like a they set it up. Yeah, they set yeah. it up. They yeah, set it yeah. up, and again, you think, oh, why? Why isn't the guy there? Yeah, is the guy? Maybe the guy has been paid off by the Pharisees. Maybe he entrapped her. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she's the victim of sexual violence. You know, we don't, we don't know. Maybe, maybe she was raped. You mm. know, this is, mm. this is heavy stuff. Yeah, and so this woman is stood there, and of course, only Jesus. I know. Only Jesus is the one that sees beyond her nakedness, sees beyond her shame, sees beyond her humiliation, humiliation, and sees the the, the daughter, the sister, Mm. you know, Mm. sees her, sees the whole person. Mm. And it is interesting, isn't it, that we don't actually know, obviously there's nothing written about what happens next. Yeah. He just, all he says is, go sin no more. Yeah. You know, what would she... Where would she go? How I mean, sometimes I feel like God, you know, when he, when Jesus is so kind, mm. you know, when you're feeling just awful about something or you're, you know, concerned mm. and Jesus's kindness just breaks you, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, she, I feel like, how did, can she even move? I know. You know, with that level of restoration, kindness, like pouring into her being, it's like, I imagine her being stunned like filled with the holy spirit almost yeah. that, that same feeling where you're like yeah because actually the pharisees drop their stones and they leave you'd think sort of human instinct would be scarper run yeah run yeah but she doesn't does she 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 stays there mm. in jesus presence but we don't can, actually know do we do well, we know well we only that she stays long enough for them to have this conversation yeah do you know what i mean yeah whereas true. as in when uh, yeah after they've dropped after the they've dropped yeah, their yeah. stones and gone she could have easily just legged it at that point yes. and you would want to you know she's naked in yeah. public yeah that would your first instinct would be Leg get it. me out yeah. of here yeah and yet she obviously feels a degree of safety yeah standing naked before yeah. jesus who humanly speaking is this unmarried man yeah. it doesn't make sense yeah and yet so there's obviously something about jesus that feels so safe mm. so reassuring yeah that she and maybe you're, there's a degree to which she's just like glued to the spot yeah um oh amazing i know i just oh i just he must have just been radiating love know, at that point don't you I know, think i know and Care. we need to grasp this we need to even just sit in that for a minute yeah. because it's it's so easy to forget how kind and how good and how gracious and how merciful Mm. Jesus is to us. Um, He's the same to us that he is with this woman. Um, And I think that it's receiving that once again. Um, But you know what it makes me think is that he's just unshockable. Yeah. You know, and I think it's, it frustrates me when, the perception of Christianity is that we're terribly shockable, we're terribly pious, <laughs> yeah. and you know it's like it's like God has never seen boobs before. Or do you know what I mean? <laughs> totally. It's like oh gosh, you know, and and somehow like I'm going for poojies. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Like he doesn't know. Oh, God, I'm just gonna. It's like he made us, and of course, there's throwback to Eve in the garden you know it's like they were naked like he Jesus is good with nakedness <laughs> and again what it to me is what it exposes is of the over sexualization of society Absolutely. that nakedness equates 
sexual activity mm, that yeah I mean, I'm not I'm not sort of like just just in case anyone's wrong, I'm not like a is it a naturalist or a, a naturist? Nu- I was oh, yeah. or a nudist. No, well, a nudist, but one you them, are a naturist. No, yeah, naturalist. Natu- nature, nature. One, oh, one, I, don't I don't know. One of them cares about like nature. <laughs> <laughs> one of them enjoys being rabbit naked. Rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. <laughs> I can't remember which way round. Anyway, just to be clear, I'm not advocating for sort of public nudity as a general rule. But what I'm trying to say is, by the way, have you ever been to the beach? You love Beaches a bit. in Croatia. You love- Sheesh, there's a lot of nudity there. Anyway, that is a rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, but what I'm trying to say is he's not shockable, is he? And I guess yeah. no. he's not like, quickly put your clothes on, you know. Or yeah. Oh, I know. It, it's, he, yeah. he gets it. He's, you know, and I, th- I know for me, sometimes I think, oh, Jesus is going to be so shocked. But actually, he's, he's no. not shocked. No, he's not. There's nothing that mm. I can do that is going to shock Jesus. Yeah. I don't know, made me think. Yeah, no, Okay, absolutely. so what, what about Jesus? Let's carry on well, then. We've, we've kind talked of about talked, the woman. Yeah, what we've about talked, Jesus? we kind of overlapped a little bit. Mm. Um, but yeah. Um, well, we were saying before, weren't we, that it's, uh, in a mm. sense, this is like a, a return to Eden moment. I've got mm. that phrase from Pete Hughes. We have yeah. to credit Pete Hughes for that because he's... Yeah, yeah he's... Well we, done, we, well done. Hi, we, Pete Hughes. We listen he'll, to, be listening, oh, he'll be listening to this, surely. Do you think? Do you reckon? <laughs> Um, B, B Hughes may be listening. You can, you can tell your husband. Um, but, but yeah, going back to Garden of Eden. Yeah, this idea that yeah. he's, he's restoring... Naked and unashamed. Naked Eve. and unashamed. Oh, yes. Beautiful. Yes. And, and there's this woman. That's what he wants to do. He wants to restore yeah. her dignity. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. And that's what Jesus came to do. The kingdom is about restoration, isn't it? It's renewing all things. It's the renewal of all things. And this is, again, a renewal of um, this woman's... Dignity. Yes. And that's what he's doing now. He's yes. renewing and restoring all the time. And that's what he wants to do with all of us. And again, it's that misconception that this is a J. John phrase. Like, he didn't come to rub it in. He came to rub it I out. Am. Very good. And again, I think we, we can so easily fall into that misconception that... Jesus is sort of there waiting to catch us out. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh, you've done it again. Oh, no, no. but it's like, no, 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 no. And there are parts of our lives that we want, that, that we feel like we need to hide yeah. because they're too grim or we don't want, he doesn't want to see them. Yeah. When actually, no, he wants us to bring it all to him. Yes. For him to renew and restore and to bring freedom and redemption. Um, it's such a, a sort of miss, um, yeah, a skewed way of thinking. You know, the other thing that um, I, I thought of when we, were, when we were sort of chatting about this before is that for the Pharisees, this woman is just, well, you used the word earlier, object, mm. that she's, she's really just sort of like a pawn, isn't she, in this, in this whole game that they're playing. Yeah. They have no regard for her humanity. And yet Jesus makes the whole scene about this woman's restoration. Yeah. Like, actually... In a sense, you feel like he's making this point to the Pharisees about about the fact that he's come to mm. not to abolish the law, but to mm. what's the what's the verse? Fulfill, Fulfill the law. Mm. But actually, that almost feels like a side note. That really, this is about the restoration of this woman's dignity, yeah. and yet at the same time, it's yes, like so he makes it totally about her. Absolutely, it's all about the one. And yet, at the same time, he's making this massive kingdom-sized yeah. 
yeah. point. Yeah, that gets he's, him killed. That yes. gets him killed. Yes. He, he's showing us yes. those that will read this story for future I generations, i.e. me and you. Yeah. He's showing us the heart of the gospel. I know, I love it. The very heart of the gospel. And uh, I, I don't know how Jesus does that at the same time, makes it about the one, but also makes this huge statement no, at no. the same time. Only Jesus, I think, can do that. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. And so yeah. I guess then, yeah. what does it teach us about ourselves? What, what mm, can we learn yeah. about this scenario for ourselves? Yeah, I think one of the things, um, just even as we're reading it through, I think that this whole idea of condemnation um, and, you know, even just the beautiful, ver you know, the, the, the words of Jesus, neither do I condemn you. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, I, I do think that we live um, in condemnation so often. I know I do. Mm -hmm. I sometimes wake up in the morning and I'm like, the condemnation is so loud, yeah. you know, are you not this or you can't do this or you did this wrong or, you know, all those... It's all, the shame voice, isn't all it? All yeah. of that, you know, tone of condemnation. Um, and it says, doesn't it, that, you know, that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus and that's mm -hmm. what Jesus is, is demonstrating here. Yeah. Um, that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And I... I do, I think that, I think we need to discern that condemning voice because mm. I think sometimes we think it's Jesus <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Or we think it's, you know, sort of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And actually that condemning voice is not of him. It's, mm. it, it, it's and, and even when we were talking about this idea of that condemnation, it, it actually makes you want to run away. It makes you want to hide in shame, like we've spoken yeah. about. And it's different. It, it's different to conviction. You know, conviction, um, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks conviction because it, it brings um, possibility. It brings us towards God. It's, conviction is full of hope, whereas condemnation is full of shame. Mm. Um, and I just think as I'm reading this, I just feel like we need to learn again the discernment between those two things. Um, and we learn from Jesus here that he says, neither do I condemn you. Neither mm. do I condemn you. And so for, even for those listening today, it's like mm. he, Jesus' words to you are, neither do I condemn you. The, the voice of condemnation is not of me. Mm. Um, and so I feel like, yeah, I think that, that's one thing that certainly jumps out really mm. quickly. And it's interesting, isn't it, that we often... The, the, we often put ourselves in the place of the woman. I know I do. And I felt like, I felt like the woman. I felt that, that shame of, of sexual sin um, in the past. But, but we're also the Pharisees, aren't we? That the point Jesus is making is not just about their yeah. treatment of the woman yeah. and how God shows compassion towards us and grace towards us, but it's also like a warning, isn't it? It's like you know we can we've all got we've all got the pharisee haven't we the pharisee voice as well <laughs> yes and we are so quick, quick to, to judge, judge others oh, yes. so quick to judge others yeah um i think i do i think i judge on a like a daily basis but it's just it's so because really the the heart of judgment is insecurity yeah that if judging others takes the heat off me that if I if I can sort of point the finger at somebody else, mm. it's sort of, it's like it um, it relieves me mm. of being in the firing line, mm. you know. And I don't know about you, but often, often I find that the people I'm quickest to judge are the the people that are most like me. Yes, so the true. things that I judge other people for, 
are often like I, again we, t- we talk often about <laughs> driving but we actually we haven't had enough driving stories in this oh go on give us a driving give no us but driving. I think you know I, even this morning our road our road is like 20 miles an hour speed limit which is admittedly like admittedly like really slow like 20 miles an hour is really slow and I like to drive quite fast um and I, I pulled out onto our road and this car was like zooming along the road. And I did that really like patronizing, condescending thing where I, I, did, I sort of like waved, like, you know, waved my arm up and down out the window as if to say slow. And I put on like my proper full on judgmental face, like slow down, <laughs> you're going too fast. Yeah. I mean, she was going really fast in yeah. a 20 mile an hour road. Yeah. Literally... 30 seconds later, I pull out onto the next road and there's this set of traffic lights about, I don't know, 300 metres up ahead. Mm. And I know because those traffic lights are right near my house. They're like long traffic. You know the traffic lights where it takes ages for them to turn green? You know, and you know if you catch the red light, you're going to be sat there for like a good five minutes. And I didn't have five minutes to spare. Mm -hmm. And so I pulled out, seeing that the traffic lights are green. Mm -hmm. I absolutely... Bombed it up to those green lights. I made the lights. You'll be pleased to know. Uh, but I just thought, like, yeah. even even within like thirty seconds, mm-hmm. I judged somebody and then did, did exactly the same. the same thing. <laughs> I know it's so true. It's just yeah. And I think we do the. You know, it's so easy to judge others, but I think it's so easy to judge ourselves as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh gosh, like. I remember, I think I did this in a little thought, but I remember, um, yeah, sort of judging something I did badly, thinking it was awful. And I felt like God say, who who made you the judge yeah. of what makes me happy or what made you the judge of what pleases me? Mm. Um, and that has really stuck with me because I do think it's so easy to be the critic of our own, of who God has made us to be. Yeah. And actually he's the judge and we need to place him back in the judgment seat and take it off ourselves. Um, and so certainly judging others and judging ourselves, um, Jesus teaches us. And then I think maybe just to, to bring us, bring us into land. Mm. The final thing Jesus says to her is go and sin no more. And even that is amazing because here's a woman who is a victim. Like, let's be honest, even if she was mm. having sex with somebody outside of marriage, which is wrong, like, yeah. let's, not, let's not beat around the bush here. Oh, that's possibly not <laughs> the best phrase to use. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> pull it back, Rach, pull it back. Um, sorry. <laughs> even if she was caught having sex with somebody who wasn't her husband... Um, that's, a, that's wrong, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but yes. she is the best. Sti- she's yes. still the victim. Yeah. Like she, no, no one deserves the treatment that she's been given, mm. does she, in that moment? Mm-hmm. The humiliation, mm. the, the, well, the public nature of the humiliation. Mm. I mean, stoning, you know, she do- no one deserves. The crime does not quantify the punishment at all. And yet... I've lost my point. I'm so distracted by that thing. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. anyway you're going to repeat the phrase, won't you? Now? No. Um, what I was going to say is, but uh, he's, I've completely <laughs> lost what I was going to say. So he, she's the victim, but she yeah. has sinned. She's yeah. still a sinner. Yeah. She's still a sinner yep. because God says to her, go, go and sin, sin no more. more. Go mm-hmm. and sin no more. Yep. And of course, again, 
in some ways, this could sound like a bit of a telling off. Yeah. Like, right, off you go. You know, I've saved your life. Yeah. I've restored your dignity. Now, don't, don't do it again. again. Don't do it again. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But that's not the tone. No. Because the, the, the essence of what Jesus is saying is go and live in freedom. I know. Go and live in freedom. Yeah, you don't need to live this life. You don't need life. to live like, you don't need to, yeah. you don't need to make choices like that yeah. anymore. Yeah. And actually, it's that, it's the... Um, it's the connection between mm. forgiveness mm. and freedom. Yeah, I That we it. think forgiveness is about us sort of, you know, um, begging God, this sort of reluctant authoritative figure, begging him for mercy because we're so awful and terrible and, uh, you know, and he, he's so fed up with us messing things up all the time. And that's just not the heart of it. Like God is desperate for us to walk into freedom I know, and the absolutely. key to freedom yeah. is the forgiveness of sins yeah. well it is it's a step back from that the key to freedom is acknowledging yeah. that we're sinful yeah. but at the same time waking up to the realization that god is so gracious he's longing to forgive yeah. and it's those two things working hand in hand so when he says go and sin no more he's like daughter my darling yeah freedom is possible yeah go go live your life yeah. live go it into in the freedom. green open space go into the wide open space Absolutely. allow me to restore and redeem you mm. allow me to deal with your sin so that you can walk in freedom and yeah. I, I you know i was just thinking about how for me, when I, when I sort of came back into relationship with Jesus, having sort of, you know, walked away from faith really in my, in my late teens and early 20s, I remember vividly, I'd, I'd been like sexually messing about all over the place. Um, and I was like, I felt so full of shame. And I, you know, I was sort of pretending that I wasn't because I was just doing what everybody else does, you know, just living my life and pursuing freedom, in inverted commas, except for it didn't really feel very free. And I felt so shameful, so, so shameful. And I knew that the way, the way to freedom was to step back into relationship with Jesus. And so I remember praying that prayer and there was a lot of tears and a lot of snot. And yeah. I felt... I felt a bit, maybe mm. a bit like that woman. I just mm. felt God's love yeah. flood my whole being. Yes. And I felt that shame mm. and that condemnation, Lift. self-condemnation mm. lifting. Mm. But I remember I felt like, I know God loves me, but I don't think he can use me now. Like I'm damaged goods, you know, that yes, he loves me. Mm. Yes, I'm back in relationship with me, but actually... I, I've kind of screwed it up now. Yeah. I, I've ruined things and there's no, there's no way he can sort of use me of any effect in the kingdom. Mm. And of course that was a lie. Mm. And I, I, love these, I love these verses from Micah 7. It says, Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Yeah. Do not gloat over me. And I think so often the enemy is at that moment. Yeah. He just yeah. wants to... Yeah. really make us believe that we are of no value to the kingdom yeah. especially I think there's something about sexual sin particularly that's yeah. like that we're that dirty like, you, you're far. dirty mm. you're defiled mm. there's no going back yeah. you know even if you can accept that God loves you even if you can accept that God's forgiven you there's yeah, yeah. you're marked you, you're marked that's yeah. right you're stained sort of thing yeah. and actually that is not the gospel yeah. that it's is not, not the here. truth of the gospel that we can step into freedom we can step into this a full, beautiful, effective for the kingdom future with Jesus. Yeah. We've got to believe that that's, that's what happens to this woman, right? Yeah. Well, shall we pray? Let's pray. Mm. Am I praying? No, I'll pray. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, well, Father, we, um, we're just so grateful um, for this passage of Scripture. We're so grateful, Jesus, that you are the God that we worship, that you are um, the God that we serve, that, Jesus, you are, um, that you are in the business of redeeming and restoring and turning upside down. And Lord Jesus, we, um, we come to you um, this moment, wherever you are, and we bring you our whole lives, the good, the bad, the ugly, the things we want to hide. And Jesus, we give it all to you. We lay it bare before you. And we pray for your mercy and your grace to come and restore and take us to that spacious place, to that Eden that you have for every single one of us. Um, and so Holy Spirit now, would you come and would you rest on every person's heart that's listening to this? And we pray, Lord, that you would come and bring a level of um, freedom now and breakthrough, wipe away all condemnation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, that brings us to the end of this Jesus Meet series. <gasps> wow. Yes. Gosh, it feels like a long time ago, doesn't it, that we started it? Yep. If you've missed any episodes along the way, go back and listen. They're all available. Uh, if, you, if you didn't listen to series one on the fruits of the spirit, you could go back and start there if oh, you yeah. want. Forgot about that, those. Gosh, that was a <laughs> long time ago. And we're going to be uh, we're going to be returning with our next series in the new year. We we may mm. we mm. may drop in a few specials towards the end of the year after the conference. Actually, I haven't talked about that. No. I had an idea that. Oh, have oh, you? Yeah. Ooh, oh, specials, specials. Um, but the next series, we're excited about the next series. Yes. But that will be starting in 2023. Yeah. yeah. Um, hopefully we'll see you at the conference this year. If you're not there this year, please get your ticket for 2023. We would love to see you Do you there. like that I'm ready to I know, go. you're like literally, she's literally <laughs> packing her bag as we speak. I've got to take my daughter to ballet. Okay, we've got to go. We've got to go. Uh, life goes on. God bless you guys. Bye. Bye.